1: What's going on, guys? It's turning into another episode of the Renegade Standard Podcast. My name is Zach Hernandez, and this evening, I'm joined by my guy, Dion, of the Niner Game Podcast. Dion, how you doing today?
2: I'm good. I'm good. How you doing, Zach? Doing
1: good, man. We're here to break down the 49ers' win over the Minnesota Vikings in their second week of preseason football. Guys, we were waiting for Kyle Shanahan to go on so we could get his thoughts, but the stream got removed. I don't really know what happened there, so we figured we're not going to keep you guys waiting any longer. We're just going to go on now. Um, Dion, with that all said,
2: what's your initial take of the game? It was definitely a good game. Um, one game that I, one thing that I saw was it was definitely a defensive struggle. Um, both teams on the defensive side of the ball looked pretty good. Um, when you look at the score, basically no score in the first. Both teams scored in the second. We scored on two field goals. Uh, did nothing in the third, and then we scored 11 points in the fourth. Uh, we would have wound up having a 21 to seven win had it not been for a hold uh, by Tanner Hudson uh, on that Jordan Mason touchdown. But I saw basically a really good defensive battle, uh, you know, between both teams, and it looked fantastic to me uh, for us to get that W and you know two interceptions. Uh, shout out Taylor Hawkins, George Odom. I loved it, man. I loved every second of it because the the second, the interception by Taylor Hawkins was just him being smart. Dead duck. I'm going to read it. I'm going to catch it. That's all I'm going to do. I don't need to run. I don't need to try to make a play. I don't need to do anything. George Odom was a little bit more of a coverage type of play. Um, so that was fantastic. Uh, great pressure by the defensive line. Man, that defensive line had all kinds of pressure. It was a beautiful thing. So definitely, um, you know, great work by all of us, man. You know, all in all, it was good work all around. Uh, gave us a chance to be able to take a look at the, uh, you know, the the backups that we have basically because we want to see who's going to basically come in. God forbid it's a next man up situation, but we need to know.
1: Well said, bro. Well said, um- there's so much takeaway. Obviously 27 starters from the 49ers did not play in this game and a good amount on the other side as well. But there was a lot that we could take from those who did play. Um, I wrote an article earlier this week, five 49ers to watch in this game. And it was George Odom, Drake Jackson, um, Trey Sermon, who later was changed to TDP. Cause I didn't know if Trey Sermon was going to play or not after his injury in camp or in practice, excuse me. Um, he did play and he wasn't impressive. And I was tweeting out Dion earlier in the game, Hey, yeah. he's behind a, a shoddy offensive line. We got to remember he's playing behind backups. I'm not going to you know, discredit him too much. And then Jordan Mason goes in there and starts looking pretty good behind the same shoddy offensive line. What does that tell you about Trey Sermon and Jordan Mason?
2: It tells me that Jordan Mason is ahead of the game. It tells me that Trey Sermon is a little bit behind the curve He could have been hampered a little bit by that injury, probably tried to push as hard as he could to get on the field just due to the fact that he understands with the drafting of Ty Davis price with Jordan Mason being there. um, It's a situation where, Hey, you've got to fight to get a roster spot. There's nothing solidified at this point. So that just tells me that he's got to definitely continue to work and, 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 you know, be able to prove to uh, Shanahan and Anthony Lynn that he's the guy and he's going to be able to be on this team and contribute in some way, shape, or form. Um, because you're right, Jordan Mason's out there with, you know, third-string, shoddy offensive line, and next thing you know, he's still making plays. He's still out there doing things, you know, and Trey Sermon had the same line and wasn't able to pick up much of anything. So that just says that he winds up on a, a situation – of being on the outside, looking in, you know, there's some guys that are in the running back room that are on that roster bubble, man. And we got to hope and pray that some of these dudes actually wind up, uh, you know, either making it or not making it. And I'm going to tell you right now, doesn't look like Trey Sermon's on the, uh, on, on the best end of that.
1: It's really tough. And by the way, guys, before I forget, i um, Last week, we started doing this new thing where if we reach 100 likes during the stream, we have to reach 100 likes while we're live. We're going to give away something. Uh, Last week, Mike was a real one and decided to buy a copy of this book here. San School 49ers at 75 by Sports Illustrated for one of our followers. Mike's not here this week, so we're going to wait until he comes back to pick a winner. But if we reach 100 likes while we're live, we're going to do a giveaway again. So hit like. Um, And hit subscribe right here anyway, because we really do appreciate the support. Anyway, back to the show. I got the stats up here. We were talking about Jordan Mason, talking about Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon starts the game, gets a total of five carries, and averages 1.6 yards per carry. Like, Dion, I know he was a third-round pick. I know there's talent there. I know he had that fantastic game in in the college football uh, playoffs or whatever bowl game that was where he had like over 200 yards rushing but that has not translated to the NFL. At what point, let me ask you this, is it too early to start discussing if we've reached the point
2: to cut Trey Sermon? Is it too early? I don't believe so. Uh, The reason being is because, I mean, he said it right there. Joey put it in the chat. 11 carries for 18 yards for the whole preseason. That's really bad. That is not good at all. Uh, so then you look at the other guys, Jordan Mason, 6.3 yards per carry, TDP 4.1 Jamichael hasty five. Then you look down at Trey sermon, 1.6. It's a drastic drop off from any of those other three guys I just named. Well, all three of whom are ahead of him on the depth chart at this point. So for me, Everybody knows how I feel. I did not want Trey Sermon. I was looking for us to draft a cornerback with that pick because we needed cornerback help and cornerback depth at that time. Um, They decided to go ahead and go with Trey Sermon. I took a look at him, took a look at his college stats, watched him go from, I believe it was Oklahoma over to Ohio State. And, you know, he played great in both places. But, yes, you're right, it hasn't translated to the NFL. And I'm sorry for me. Uh, it's starting to look like we're going to have to call it. He may make it till the end of the cuts, but it may it may be a wrap for him. It, it might just possibly be a wrap.
1: What's tough is, you know, obviously, like I said, he was a third-round draft pick just a year ago, barely played last year. When he did play, he got hurt. Um, obviously, the potential's there, and I know myself included, a lot of us were saying we just got to wait for him to finally, you know, get in there and get his shot, and he'll make the most of it. That has not happened yet. Um, You figure at most the Niners are going to carry, what, four backs? Dion, how many backs do you think they carry into the year?
2: They'll carry four, and that includes Juice. So remember that. At a maximum, they carry three actual running backs. Juice is always the fourth guy because he's the fullback. And when it comes down to it, I'm I'm just going to be 100% honest with you, I think they go with Elijah Mitchell, Jordan Mason, uh, and TDP. I like Jermichael Hasty. I like what he brings to the table. I just for me, there's too many jump cuts. Like there's too much left and right and not north, you know, too much east and west, not enough north and south. You've got to eventually get going. The nice thing about Hasty is he has the speed to be a home run hitter. He just never gets into the open field to be able to do so. Um Yes, they did keep five last year, but that was because we had injury after injury after injury. So if, I, if I'm not mistaken, you're able to have a couple of bets on the practice squad. I honestly think at a bare minimum, if they like Trey Sermon, it may throw him on the practice squad along with Jermichael Hasty. But for me, Jordan Mason and TDP throughout this preseason have proven that they deserve to be on this this uh, final 53 and be up on game days to be able to start to spell Elijah Mitchell, who currently right now is dealing with a hamstring injury.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's going it's to be tough. Um, I It's an uphill battle for Trey Sermon to make this roster currently. I don't know if he can survive on his draft status alone anymore. We'll see where it goes. Let's move on. Running backs, all good. With that being said, though, before, before I move on, before we, we talked about Jordan Mason, how he looked good,
2: What did you think of the guy, TDP? TDP looked all right. You know, nothing over-the-top spectacular. But, I mean, hell, if you're averaging 4.1 yards per carry, I'm not going to be upset about that. I'll take that every day. You know, that basically means I can run you three times and get a first down and just walk on down the field. I'll eat up the clock, and you make my life that much easier. Um, So, I think TDP looked pretty good. Uh, Joey's always (laughs) – Joey always out there. That's right, man. Trey Lance didn't have any completions. Can you believe that? Sitting on the sidelines in street clothes. Let him go. Get him out of here. Bust. Just complete. Just complete. But, you know, we got to go calling Cowherd on him, you know, or, uh, you know, we can I tell you right. Tell you to be honest with you with the Trey Lance situation. The one person I'm going to act when he blows up and destroys Lee. He annoys me is Mike Tannenbaum. He loves 10 so much. He feels like 10 can just do anything. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, as a general manager, how can you not understand why we went and got Lance? How are you not seeing what we see? Why are you so sold that paying $27 million for a guy that can't get it done makes sense?
1: Well, Former general manager, there's a reason why he yeah, has a yeah. job okay. anymore. So
2: yeah, there you go. It, it's probably due to things like this, things of that nature. But TDP man, fantastic work today. I have no complaints. Jordan Mason looked wonderful. Um, I like the mix up of Purdy and Nate Sudfeld. That was a good mix up. Uh they did the same thing on the other side of the ball. There was Kellen Mond and Sean Mannion. Um, I was reading the Vikings website. And they actually have a real competition at their backup spot because they're trying to figure out who's going to be the best person behind Kirk Cousins. And to be honest with you, looking at it tonight, Minnesota, just stick with the kid. Go with Kellen Mond. You know, Mania's got some time. He'll get picked up somewhere. He's a journeyman type of guy. Um, Purdy, look at that, 14 of uh, 23, 428. uh, And, you know, no touchdowns. Nate Sudfield, 13 to 17, 402 yards. And both of those, both of those numbers are skewed because you could have had probably a couple more completions had a few receivers not dropped the ball. So not bad day for both of these guys. You know what I mean? I'm I'm not going to complain. I'll take the touchdown pass. And, you know, it's a preseason game. You're not expecting people to blow people out. You're just trying to see what you got. So
1: I see a comment here from Tavarius, Tavarius, I apologize if I mispronounce this, is Purdy overnight. You just talked about the Vikings having a quarterback two competition. Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant this year's draft, right? Last person taken yes. overall. But he's come in here. I know statistically last week it wasn't great, but when you actually look at the throws, he looked all right. And in this game tonight, he looked all right yet again. He seems to operate the offense with a veteran presence. Um, Even the commentators were saying he's taking the play clock down under four or five seconds when they're trying to kill the clock. He knows he's very situationally aware. And you see the stats here. Brock Purdy, 14 for 23, 128 yards. Nate Sudfeld, 13 for 17, 102 yards with the touchdown. Is there a legitimate competition for backup behind Trey Lance,
2: Dion? What do you think? Not at all, man. Nate Sudfeld's got that spot on lock. I'm sorry. Brock Purdy reminds me a lot of ten. He really does. There are some things that I see that he does, and that just tells me right now he's going to be the practice squad guy. Are and, you so you know, burned by Jimmy you won't say his name? Yeah, I, I I don't call him that. I call him 10. I truthfully do. I try my best not to even mention his actual name. Um, <laughs> but I'll, I'll say this. When you look at it, you just got to be honest with yourself. Do I really want Brock Purdy out there? If Trey Lance gets, you know, God forbid he gets hurt. No, I would rather have Nate Sudfeld out there because I know behind a, a a very stout offensive line, he'll be able to do a couple of things for us, just for a few games to get us over the hump. I'm telling you right now, if I had Brock Purdy as my backup, I'd be very worried if Trey Lance went down. Um, we don't want that to happen and you always want your backups to have to play minimal amounts of games. Like the probably the best backup situation right now is with the Jets having Joe Flacco. The man's won a Super Bowl. He's still got a cannon for forearm, even though he's a little bit older. Um, he may not move like he used to, but honestly, if Zach Wilson was out and he really had like a serious injury, I don't think they would come calling for 10. They'd look at us and be like, nah, that's all right. We got Joe Flacco. We'll be all right.
1: I, I like this comment here from Joey, and he says Purdy is Mullins with more talent. He'll be quarterback two next year. I don't oh, know. I see. It. I, see it. I, I think he's a more mobile, accurate Mullins.
2: I don't he think is, he's starter, he is but... mobile. He is more. I agree with you. He is definitely mobile. Purdy can move. That that is one thing that I have seen with with him throughout the preseason, which is always a positive. That's a plus. You always want to have somebody that can move. That is mobile, but I just don't see enough for him to overtake Nate Sudfeld at this moment. It's just, and then plus they just paid Nate Sudfeld all that money. You're not going to let that money sit on, you know, sit on the practice squad. You're going to put that guy on the active roster as a, a, you know, a backup, and that's basically what would happen. I mean, if we blow a team out, I'd rather see Nate Sudfeld in there trying to throw a couple of, a couple of nice little passes to uh, Ray, Ray McLeod or something like that rather than seeing Brock Purdy out there trying to find out if Tanner Hudson still exists, which he probably won't after these cuts.
1: Okay, I'm so glad that you just brought up Tanner Hudson. Is there finally, hold on, let me pull up the stats for the tight end. Is there finally a little bit of competition going on? Uh, They don't have it here broken up by tight end, but... You see Tanner Hudson here led all players for now receiving five receptions for 43 yards. And behind that Ross Dwelly, three receptions for 38 yards. Is there finally some competition for quarterback two behind George Kittle Dion?
2: Eh, Yes and no. Uh, The reason being is we have like, I want to say about four to five tight ends currently on the squad. Um, We know what happened with uh, Christ, his name escapes me. Um, Jordan. uh Jordan Reed. Jordan. No, not Jordan Reed. The other one, Jordan. uh, uh oh, Matthews, oh. Matthews. Yeah, there we go. That knew it was going to come to me. We know what happened with Matthews. He honestly would have uh, probably been our tight end. Number two, uh had he stayed healthy and we use, we most likely would have used Matthews strictly for pass catching rather than blocking, because we know our best blocking tight end is George and right behind him. The best blocking tight end is obviously Charlie Warner. Um, You got to love Dwelly because he has sure hands. But at the same time, he's never done anything to really stand out amongst the tight end room. So there's a small competition there. I wouldn't say it's a a big one, but Hudson's looked pretty good. He caught that touchdown pass from Purdy in the previous game. You know, he led us and catches this, this game. So he's actually, you know, making a name for himself. So he possibly will wind up being at least a practice squad guy at a bare minimum. I do believe that, honestly, if there is, if there are any tight ends that we keep, it's most likely Kittle and Warner and maybe even Dwelly just as the third guy. But I, I don't see Hudson overtaking Dwelly because of Dwelly's wealth of knowledge with the system. Kyle likes guys that know his system, and he likes vets. He doesn't really care for rookies or guys that don't necessarily know his system because he's not – for me, he seems a little impatient – when you're trying to learn, like you gotta pick it up. Kyle's gotta tell you sprint right, go, jet, sweep, right, left, up, down, A B, A, B, go. And you're like, I have no idea what any of that means. But all of that could be, hey, just run a post route. But yep. there's the intricacies in the in the offense. And I think that uh Due to Ross Dewelle having that knowledge, he, he has a little bit of a leg up on the competition.
1: Okay. Okay. I like it. I'm just happy to see any production out of the backup yes. tight end spot. It's been so long. Um, what's up, Cali? Thanks for tuning in, bro. I know there's a ton of 49ers podcasts going on right after the game, guys. So we appreciate oh, yeah. everybody who chooses 49ers to come and kick it with us, break down the game um, this Saturday evening. Um, oh, wait. before we continue breaking down the game, I saw this on Twitter that the 49ers just tweet out, by the way, we were waiting for Kyle Shanahan to go. The stream got canceled. Like I said, and I still don't see anything. Apparently Kyle Shanahan's talking to reporters. So if you guys know anything about that, let us know. But, um, Alfredo Gutierrez, the yes. in- international player, the only one from NF from Mexico made his NFL debut tonight and earned the game ball. So I just thought that was pretty badass. Wanted to shout him out.
2: That's awesome, man. I, I love it because when I saw uh, Alfredo, I was, hey, what's going on, Dome? How you doing good, brother? Um, when I saw Alfredo, my first thought was I didn't know that the NFL had this uh, program. And it's awesome that he was able to be a part of it. And it's great that they gave him the game ball for being able to, you know, play tonight and do a fair do a fairly good job, you know. He didn't look too bad. I'll tell you right now, to be honest with you, the two old linemen that I do not like, both of their last names start with S. And that's Sutherland and Schluter. And the whole time, because this was a Vikings broadcast that I was watching because I watched it through the NFL Plus app, um, all you heard were, you know, the the, the Vikings commentators basically going, you know, where's Sam Schluter? Because he's a native from Minnesota. You know, and he was a golden gopher and all of that good stuff. And it's like, that's nice, man, but he, he wasn't that great. Yeah, and school, oh, man, I was really banking on that kid coming in and doing some good work, but he is not – he has not looked very well, man. It's it's not the best of the best. He's We're trying our damnedest to give him every shot to be good and <laughs> – He's just not – he's not giving us anything to go on. That
1: was ugly. That was rude. School got schooled today, and it was constantly on display. Yeah. A um, couple of sacks. It, it, it was tough. It really was tough. Um, yes, sir. It looks like he's the odd man out on the offensive line, so we'll mm-hmm. see how that shapes up. Um, As far as the receivers, I'm going to bring back up the stats here. And we saw Danny Gray get a deep target yet again. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to haul it in in bounds, but it was still a nice a nice catch, a nice body adjustment from him, just looking to get that feet in. Uh-huh. Um, Malik Turner, as far as receivers, led the receivers in, in uh, yardage with two receptions for 26 yards. Willie Sneed, three receptions for 25 yards. Danny Gray, two receptions for 24 yards. Micros Johnson, two for 19. And then tight end Tyler Croft had a nice catch for 19 yards. Which receiver out of these, if any, stood out to you today?
2: Be honest with you, it was Willie Sneed, man. He what's going on, listen? Uh Sneed looked a little bit, he he looked he looked pretty good. And Sneed is a is a vet. You know, he's been around for some years. And you know, he, he kind of bounces around from team to team, but it's not a not a negative thing. Um I honestly – oh, yeah, yeah, man. Look, (laughs) y'all know Zach be out there swagged out in them suits. Y'all already know how he moves. Um, But I'll say Willie Snead, I was really looking and and hoping and praying that there was a receiver that just stood out. That's honestly what I was looking for this game. Who is going to be that guy that's going to push everyone else for the, you know, sixth spot on the squad? Because – we all feel, and correct me if I'm wrong, we all feel. We all know B.A., Debo, Danny Gray, Juwan Jennings, and Ray-Ray McLeod are guaranteed pretty much to make the squad. Yeah. You would think those would be the five guys. And Shanahan probably would possibly keep at least one more. But none of these dudes really stood out to say, I'm that guy. Make sure it's me that you put on the squad. It was more so not a lot. Look at, look at the targets. Okay, I've got two for 26. I've got three for 25. Then I've got two for 19. Yes, your averages are nice, but you only got a couple catches. So there's not a lot to go on. There's some drops. You know, they take a look at everything. From what I've heard from a couple of uh, guys that I know that actually have been around NFL camps, they, key, they keep track of every little thing you do. Whether you run the route properly, whether you drop the ball, whether you catch the ball, if you're catching in traffic, you know, what you're doing after the catch. All of those things are taken into account before they make it. So if it was me, I'd have to say it was Willie Sneed who stood out. I lost your audio there.
1: My bad, I'm muted here.
2: Um, there you he go. also <laughs> looked
1: good fielded punts. I know he had a couple fair catches yes. for the most part. The 49ers desperately need a playmaker on special teams. Earlier in the game, they were able to get that that uh, punt. I think it was um, Marcus Johnson who punched it out. I forget who had the peanut punch. Somebody had the peanut yeah. punch. Um, but we also need to see somebody returning punts and make a play. And if Willie Sneed can – land on this roster. I know they signed Ray-Ray McLeod specifically for a returning role, but I would like to see just competition at that because the 49ers haven't had that for so long. I'm thinking like back to Ted Ginn, basically, when they had a threat as a returner. So I, I, I agree with you. Willie Sneed did sneak, sti- ah, excuse me, stick out for me um, today, and he kind of was just signed recently. I don't think much was expected of him, but he had a nice showing. He had a really nice showing, so... Let's hope, let's hope he can continue that in the next week. By the way, Melissa, I just want to say you said the best thing is that Victory Monday suit comes back. That's right. I had a meeting with my, <laughs> my higher-ups. I didn't go to work last Monday. I wasn't in the office, right? So I wore the Victory Monday suit on Tuesday, and I go and I meet with all my higher-ups, and they're like, oh, my God, like why are you all dressed up and all this stuff? And I wear a suit every day, so it's not anything different. But Victory Monday gets the red tie with the gold tie clip. So, I had to let them know what what Victory Monday suits were all about. So, just had to share that. Um, All right, Dion.
2: anything else on the offense you want to touch on
1: before we flip over to the defense?
2: Uh, Honestly, no. Uh, Just for me, the number one thing, what's going on Lake City Fresh? Um, Honestly, I'll tell you this. The number one thing that I like, Anthony Lynn talked this guy up all offseason. Jordan Mason is coming, folks. Keep your eye on him. He is definitely going to make some plays and do some good things for us as far as this season. If they allow him to wind up on this 53, anytime Elijah Mitchell goes down, I think that young kid is coming in and saying, put me in coach. He's got his hand up. I, I can do it. You've seen me all preseason. I got this. And then you've got Anthony laying back in you. So, Jordan Mason is the guy, man. I, I I like this kid. I really like him. Yeah.
1: He looked good. He looked good. I know Steve said earlier, hey, you know he's going against the backups of the backups of the backups in the fourth string, yeah. but still, he's done well two weeks in a row. And Kyle Shanahan has this knack. I, I I'm pretty sure he was an undrafted free agent this year, if I, my, my memory serves me right. Yes, Kyle he was. Shanahan, in the he was. Thank you. Kyle Shanahan can just find these running backs as undrafted free agents and plug and play them like crazy. So I think Jordan Mason looked good. I'm excited to see what he can do moving forward. I would be fine and hear me out here. I would be fine swapping Jamichael hasty with Jordan Mason.
2: I'm perfectly comfortable with that. I agree with you hundred yeah. percent because what people don't realize is Kyle's system is built for running backs to win. Yeah. like, I know a lot of people will say, well, his system is great for quarterbacks. Not for me. I will say this. He does do well with quarterbacks, but it takes him at least two years to jump on. (laughs) 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 He completely threw me off (laughs) with
1: (laughs) that. For those listening, Dome says Jordan Mason runs harder than Viagra.
2: He does, man. He does. But, yeah, I honestly – like when you see what running backs do in his system, and it's always a committee, you know, like whenever you see him, there's the only time, I think the only time I've seen Shanahan with the bell cow back was when he had Arian Foster in Houston. You know what I mean? But other than that, it's always a running back by committee, and he's cool going with the hot handed running back. Like if Jordan Mason is having a day, Elijah Mitchell's not going to get a ton of touches, and vice versa. Like, he's that type of person where he will do that. Um, Yes, and I agree with you, Steve. Yes, I'd keep him over uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. He hasn't shown us anything outside of the fact that he's either injured or he's got a lot of personal things going on, which I'm not going to knock anybody for. Hey, life happens. And life does happen. It does not mean you should lose your job. But in the NFL, this is a what have you done for me lately, Lee? And if you ain't done nothing for me lately, they, they, they'll show you the door real quickly, real easily.
1: I see. This is tough for me. It started off as a meme for me to hype up Jeff Wilson Jr. and then I slowly actually did come around on Jeff Wilson Jr. And last year, I thought he looked pretty good when he had to fill in for Elijah Mitchell. I don't know if I'd put him over Jeff Wilson yet, and and, and Kyle Shanahan clearly values Jeff Wilson Jr. He's basically yes. second on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. Um he knows the system. He can block, he can run, he can catch. I think he's higher up than uh Jermichael Hasty, than a Trey Sermon. So I would for now only put Mason over Hasty and Sermon, which I still think is is saying a lot because yeah. of where Hasty and Sermon have been in this offense. So we'll see. Um all right. That was it for the offense. No other no other thoughts you had, right? No. No. Okay. So Wilson is just a guy, says Steve. Well, he's a guy Kyle <laughs> loves. He's yeah, a guy that hasn't been able. Lake City fresh. Hot take. Maybe Jeff Wilson is on the trading block. I don't think he's that valuable.
2: Yeah, yeah. You, you might get a sixth or a seventh for him, and that that's, that's even a stretch there. I honestly don't think there's going to be much. Um, a lot of people are liking to package 10 with different players and whatnot. Y- you're not going to do that. I'm going to tell you right now, it's a very simple situation. Our last roster cuts, one of the guys that will be cut is 10. They are just holding on to him just in case somebody gets injured in training camp and they think they can possibly flip him for more than what he's worth. And trying to package him with another guy just doesn't make sense. Which, by the way, almost happened last
1: week. I know we're saying it like all they're trying to do is see if somebody gets injured, which is wild. Zach Wilson, if that injury ends up being what everybody thought was a torn ACL, I have zero doubt in my mind Jimmy Garoppolo's wearing white and green today. But they lucked out, and somehow it was only a, a sprain or whatever the hell, it actually a bone bruise, and he's only missing a few weeks. Well, if that was longer, I think Jimmy goes to New York. And same with Cleveland. I think... Cleveland, Deshaun Watson, we're not going to get into all of that. We've talked about that way too much on the show with Mike mm-hmm. and Matt. But if Deshaun Watson gets a full year suspension instead of just 11 games, which he reached a settlement for, there's a good chance. I think he's in Cleveland right now as well. So I don't fault the Niners for not cutting him yet. I, I understand holding out hope for the last minute. I just hope. And I'm not praying for injury because that's totally something different. But I No, yeah we, trade yeah. we never
2: wish that on someone. Exactly.
1: Exactly. All right. Let's flip it over to the defense. Thank you, Melissa. She, she said meniscus, I believe, and bone bruise for Zach Wilson. Um, mm-hmm. All right, on the flip side, last week it was uh, Sammy Womack who stood out on defense, had the two picks.
2: Who stood out to you today on defense, Dion? Uh, to be honest with you, man, it was Ken Law. It had to oh be. Lord. That, let me, first, let, first off, let me tell you, that is a massive human being. That's a large individual. Yeah, nobody that big should have a six pack. I said that yesterday. It was insane, dude. That's it's, it's not it. That's not normal no. for somebody to be that huge. And I mean, he's not. I'm pretty sure his body fat is his percentage is below ten. Yeah, like it has to be. There's no way in you know what that this guy should be that ripped. It's insane. And you know what I do love though. And, and, and I caught this. for it, it was good to watch the game on NFL Plus, and I'll tell you why. Strictly based on the fact that these commentators were a little upset and a little pissy when we were doing the gritty after we made plays. I heard that. They did not like that. Oh, you're, oh, you're going to make a play and come here and do the, do the gritty? Yes. We're here to disrespect your team. That's what we do. If we're winning and we're making plays, we will consistently do that dance to make you upset. It's what we do. Don't call it bad sportsmanship. Just understand it. You know, if Debo had a signature thing and somebody came in our house and did it when they made a play, that's what they're supposed to do. You know, I think Ken Law is an amazing, amazing talent. He's finally fully healthy. And I'm telling you, offensive lines around the world, be very afraid. Because that man is going to take up two people. And then the other man on the other side of him, Nick Bosa, is going to take up more people. So if you think that for one second stopping Nick Bosa and Javon Kinlaw gives you free reign, you need to think again. You know why? Because we still have Eric Arnstead. We still have Drake Jackson. We still have Samson Epicon. We have a host of people that will take you down. And tear you apart when you're trying to pay so much attention to one side of the line. But Kenlaw was the guy for me.
1: I was surprised he played as long as he did, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but he played, I believe, well into the second quarter, if I remember correctly. Um, my guy, for the second week in a row, and I know he got hurt quickly last week, but Drake Jackson. And I've been shouting this guy's from name for the rooftops this whole offseason, I feel like. But Drake Jackson has been balling out. He's been balling out so much. And these past two weeks, he played most of the game this week, which I'm glad because we were robbed of that last week. He had that shoulder stinger. He is unstoppable, it feels like. And I'm 99% sure that once you pair him on the other side of Nick Bosa, defenses are not going to have an answer. I said this a couple weeks ago. This is like what the 49ers got from D Ford for five minutes before he snapped his spine in half and couldn't walk again. Yeah. Um, that's exactly what it's like with Drake Jackson. And I don't think he's quite at D Ford's prime yet, but the dude hasn't even played a regular season NFL game. So just think of how high his potential is. I'm so excited to see what he can do. His athleticism is, is insane. I've seen this dude stop on a dime, change his entire direction jump up, bat balls down, get sacks. Drake Jackson is going to be I'm saying it right now. Drake Jackson is going to be all-pro. That's not overreaction. I'm saying it. Drake Jackson future all-pro. August 20th, 2022, come find Zach Hernandez when it happens cuz it's going to happen.
2: Hey, and I believe in I believe in what Zach Hernandez is saying, man. Let me tell you this. Drake Jackson reminds me of a very, very, very very good football player. That is retired now. His name is Dwight Freeney. You ever seen somebody bend and flex like that? No, not in the least. By the way. Dwight Freeney
1: always need to share had this. that move. I need to share this because you were talking about how Ken Law
2: just doesn't make sense physically. I saw this post on Instagram. Look shout at this out man. The, shout out Steph for that, man. Steph is out there doing it. Look how big he is. This man should not have abs. That, no, that's what. Look how massive it doesn't. Man, no, look, I'm telling you right now, I see him coming down the dark alley. I'm going the other way. I want no parts of that problem. I'm a grown man. I will always be able to defend myself. But, but in life, we pick and choose our battles. It's not sure. a battle I want to deal with. And if I'm a defense, if I'm a quarterback, and I see that massive mammoth of a human being coming at me, I'm just, you know what? I'm, you ain't about to sack me. I'm just gonna lay down. It's okay. Yeah. If I know that you got me, I'm not taking that hit. Why? That's stupid. Like I'm gonna make a business decision and lay down. And they're gonna be like, "Oh man, he just laid down. You know, he didn't even try." Uh, That's fine. You get back here and yeah. let him chase you,
1: and, see and I if- walk away. I walk away with my ribs intact. How about that?
2: Thank you. Because if he lands on me the wrong way. I did, it's over. I'm crushed. It's over. Yeah. That that it's a wrap. Ken Law is going to do fantastic things. And the, the the when I'm talking about Drake Jackson and I give him a comp of Dwight Freeney, it's because you saw Freeney bend and flex yes. and get around people so easily. That is what everyone has been saying about Drake Jackson. Yeah. There's not a person on Nick Bosa of all people literally said in a press conference. He's doing things I know I can't even do. Yeah. So which is why. Yeah, that, which is wild because you, it, it, just from the joint practices, you could see Nick Bosa just living in the backfield. Like Kirk Cousins wasn't going to have five seconds to breathe. He was putting it on him. He was right there. So, at the end of the day, Drake Jackson is going to be an amazing defensive end. His natural position. He's not playing out of position anymore. And I think it's gonna be a smooth transition. And once he finds himself properly and gets his legs under him, he's you know been able to ingratiate himself in the defense. I think he does wind up taking over that starting spot opposite of Nick Bosa. And when you have people on the edges that have the speed that Nick Bosa and Drake Jackson both possess, good night for your quarterback. Because you're gonna have to go up the gut. Oh, by the way, when you go up the gut, there's a barbarian named Javon Kinlaw. And then there's what I like to call the quiet assassin named Eric Armstead. Because Armstead's a big, quiet dude. He doesn't say much, but he's six foot seven. His wingspan is massive. And I challenge you to get past him. Yeah, yeah. He's a big dude. So, Run up the gut all you like, cause we have got two hogs in the middle that will take you down. Yeah. go out to the edge if you like. We have got two dudes that are fast enough to catch your back. Outside of your uh, Christian McCaffrey's and stuff like that, that dude is just lightning fast. Yeah. You know, so it, it, it's definitely we don't. Th- I'm, I'm not thanking USC for anything. I don't <laughs> like USC. Okay, we appreciate them for Drake Jackson and Tyler Noah who yes. funded. But that's the, only, that's the only thing that I do. Okay, I we, can, we, can thank, like
1: we can thank USC for being mid, like Joey says, going through too many changes, asking Drake Jackson to put on weight, lose weight, mess up his draft stock altogether, and fall to the 49ers at 62, 61, wherever the hell they picked him. Because if, if he would have stayed the same and they didn't ask all these changes of him, dude would have been a first-round pick. No questions asked. No questions asked. So... The 49ers 100%. completely lucked out because they're incompetent. By the way, I want to get to Melissa's comment here. Steph yeah. Sanchez and 49 Carrots have been grinding. Could we have a belated birthday shout out for her? It was yesterday, Friday the 19th. Steph, happy birthday if you're watching. Happy birthday, Steph. You Appreciate your coverage. You know who I was kind of disappointed by today? Charles Amenahue. Yeah. I saw Amenahue not be able to set the edge at least three to four times that I could count. And running backs were just able to get right around it because the offensive lineman was able to pin him inside. You need to set the edge. And I heard all offseason, dude, lost weight. He feels quicker. He feels stronger. Maybe he should have kept that weight on.
2: Yeah, he did not set the edge very, very well this game. And he definitely was, you know, kind of losing his battles. That was one of the things that I did see where he wasn't able to get that proper release and he wasn't able to get around that edge the way that he should. Um, we definitely expected a lot more from Charles Ominahou, Uh But hopefully, you know, he can continue to work on that, get it fixed. And, yes, I know that Ronnie Lott did come from USC. I completely understand it. USC does churn out a lot of defensive talent and a few offensive players that are, that, that are actually, you know, very good. But I was raised a UCLA fan, and I'm not going to change that. I will hate USC until the day I die. They can churn out as many pros as they want. It's just not my thing. But a men of you definitely did not look good. Um, Justin School looked bad. Uh, Like I said, Sutherland and Schluter, they just looked awful. So, honestly, I think when it comes to the offensive line, jumping back over there for just a hot second, I think the offensive line we're probably going to keep about eight, maybe nine at a max. And I honestly think Daniel Brunskill winds up making the squad as the Swiss Army Knife. I don't know if he's going to take that job back from Spencer Burford. No, I really don't.
1: And Brunskill is somehow Aaron Donald's kryptonite. Players just match up well with certain players, and Daniel Brunskill matches up well with Aaron Donald.
2: Even if you – if Spencer Burford played all year long, except for those two games against the Rams – I wouldn't be upset no. because, you know, it, it's fact. Zach just said it. He he owns him. You know, at the end of the day, Aaron Donald needs to change his last name to Aaron school because, you know. That's his son. That he, you get sunned every time. I don't know why. I don't know how. But you get sunned, man. My guy Matt says here, sorry I
1: couldn't be there. I'm at yet another baseball game. Shout hey, out man, to Matt. continue
2: to have fun, bro. Have yeah. fun at those games, man. If I had yeah, season hopefully- tickets.
1: I'd be there Hopefully too. they
2: win and they, they, you know, knock a couple of home runs out the park and whatnot. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Melissa asks, with the Mack injury, do you think he and Sutherland are part of the next cuts? Um, Austin Mack, I believe she's talking about? Um, yeah. Do we believe that? Is Are you talking about Omenahue as he or um, Brunskill? Who are we talking about?
2: Yeah, because I I know there was – because Taser Mack already got cut. I think Austin Mack. Austin Mack is the only – only other Mac we have on the team. Um, I do believe that Sutherland definitely doesn't make the squad. Man. He was so bad. He was he's, so bad. He's awful. It, it's it hurts to watch when you see him out there because he just doesn't. It, it's not working out well, yeah. you know, um, I do believe that Sutherland winds up getting cut. Austin Mac most likely would wind up probably not being on the team just because he hasn't played. I don't even think I've seen him in all preseason. You know, so. Doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, does not ring a bell. So I got something a little
1: interesting, and maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's just, you know, talking about training or whatnot, but I'm going to pull it up here. And it was after the game. Mm -hmm. And my guy, RSF Niners, posted this. No other than Adam Thielen.
2: Hit me
1: up this did you hear that? Did he say hit me up this offseason? He did. Adam Thielen met up with Trey Lance after and dabs him up, and then while he's walking away, says hit me up this offseason. Is hey, Adam look, Thielen a free agent? I need to check his
2: contract. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not sure of his contract, but this is this is what I take away from it. People get on me when I say that I feel that Kirk Cousins isn't a great quarterback. Kirk he Cousins, is a agent. Great.
1: wait, no, no, no. I'm sorry, he signed for two more years.
2: Kirk, oh, okay, so yeah, he's not. I think then most likely he probably just wants to get some work in with him. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I mean, sometimes it, it just makes it a little bit a little bit better when you get a little work from a different type of quarterback. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure from that, a from a good quarterback. Yes. <laughs> I'll say this about Kirk Cousins. The reason that I say Kirk Cousins isn't a great quarterback is because he doesn't win when it counts. He, he doesn't win, and he's one and three in the playoffs, people. I'm sorry. That it's not going to cut it. I'm not going to continue to give you money, and yes, they are both uh, Minnesota born and raised, correct. Um, I'm not going to continue to pay you the kind of money Kirk Cousins is getting paid, and you can't even bring me a playoff win you know what's going to happen everybody's going to say well he didn't have great defenses this that and the third doesn't matter a great quarterback's going to lift his team up over that you think tom brady had fantastic defenses every time he won no he did not and there were years where tom brady went without being able to get into the afc championship game and or even make the super bowl yes he's got seven rings but at the end of the day he still had to work for those And he still is one of those quarterbacks that can uplift his team. You know, Peyton Manning was a great regular season quarterback, Eh, not necessarily the best playoff quarterback. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, if you look at it, Kirk Cousins is going to have fantastic stats throughout the season, but when the playoffs come, I'm sorry, one and three isn't going to cut it. He disappears. That's why I don't care for him. He's not going to win a Super Bowl going one and three in the playoffs.
1: reminds me of russell westbrook of the nfl dude right it's like
2: that you you see him and you're like man this dude has loads of talent yeah yeah but when it comes down to needing you to show that talent at that time he's not there Mm -hmm. so while people malign me for that at times it is what it is these are facts one and three
1: it is what it is like you said um melissa says Funniest thing was Vikings commentators hating all of the Lance jerseys and NDSU flags in the stands. Why are they shocked? Minnesota showing love to Trey. Seriously, so petty. I didn't check. I was watching the Niners broadcast, but my guy Stewart was watching the the Vikings broadcast, and he was saying that the commentators started hating on
2: Trey Lance at some point. Were you watching the Vikings broadcast too? I watched the Vikings broadcast. bro. They hated on the whole team. Any and everything they could find, they were upset. Because toward the end of the game, that stadium looked empty, and the only thing you saw in that stadium was red. That's what happened. It's it. It always goes like that, um, you know. And, and what the commentators must must not understand is we travel well. Yes, we all forty nine fans travel ph- phenomenally. We have a three to four many, stadiums around the league. How many houses did we take over in twenty nineteen? It was just flat-out ridiculous. We just stole the show. We literally were just, just walking in, and it was just crazy. My buddy is a diehard Chargers fan. He told me himself, I saw a sea of red in that stadium, and I could barely pick out any Rams fans. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, they they did. They hated on us every chance they could get. They were really upset. Like, they did that. That that, that Broadcast team honestly was like the pettiest broadcast team I've ever seen. We don't, don't for our people don't even hate on other teams like that.
1: Yeah, I don't understand being mad at Danny Gray for doing the gritty because teams are, are allowed to celebrate now when scoring, and the gritty has got to be like the most commonly used dance now when a yeah. team, when someone scores. Why are you getting upset? Mm-hmm. Why are you getting upset? First of all, you're not even playing. You're just calling the game. It, it, it cracks me up. It really does crack me up. But it is what it is, I guess.
2: Definitely true, man. Definitely true. Yeah. Uh it's Mark Sitsneros says,
1: Like Russ, an MVP and probably the fastest player for a minute in the NBA. You tripping. Cousins is a better Jimmy G. Cousins doesn't get past the Matt Ryan scale. Well, mm-hmm. Russ... I mean, he's pads his stats. There are yes. so many examples of him going out of his way to pad his stats, get a rebound and assist, whatever <laughs> the case may be, to get the triple-double instead of focusing on winning. Kirk yeah. Cousins, I'm not saying pads his stats that much, but if you're going off just numbers, sure, Kirk Cousins is a great quarterback.
2: But when you actually look into it, was he
1: done? Was he done?
2: That's the And those are the facts. The man sat in... Washington for a couple of years on that franchise tag, and when they decided they weren't going to pay him because he didn't give them anything that they felt he, you know, that they felt they could hold on to for a long term deal, he went to Minnesota and 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 set them reset the market. Three years, eighty four mil, fully guaranteed. You know, shout I'm out gonna, to him though for that contract. Fully hey, look, guaranteed. I am, one thing I will tell everybody: I do not knock anyone's hustle. I don't. So Kirk Cousins getting his money. Hey, man, go get your bread, bro. If the Vikings are going to keep paying you for regular season uh, work and no playoff wins, now who am I to judge your life? Yeah, Go ahead. Keep getting that easy money. But when you look at it from a franchise standpoint, you want a winner. You want a guy that's going to take you to the playoffs, get you wins, and he's going to be dependable. And when you need that big throw or you need that play made, You want to have that person in your building that you can count on that you know is going to give you such. If it's a situation where you're doing that and you're not getting anything, why are you continuing to pay someone? It's just like paying a dude after one great year. Nah, give me two years of consistency and come talk to me about opening my pocketbook. Because if you do it one, I'm not going to get that. You know what I mean? Like that's not going to work for me. I'm just going to say, you know what? Forget it. It is what it is. I'm going ahead and I'm going to just find another quarterback. Why? You obviously don't finish the job. It is, you know, it's, it's, it's frustrating.
1: I agree. Um, All right, guys, we're going to be wrapping things up here shortly. Um, But before we do, before we get into our viewer questions, we got to shout out our sponsors. So first of all, we got to shout out sports illustrated because they are sponsoring us with this amazing book here. Sports Illustrated, San Francisco 49ers at 75, celebrating the history of 49ers football. You can get this by clicking the link in the chat, and you will save 30% if you click the link in the chat. It is a fantastic book. It's got pictures. It's got stories. I can't show it all here on camera, but trust me, every single 49ers pivotal moment, There's the catch two right there, or three, I guess, with Vernon Davis. Stories. It's all in here. Go check it out. Sports Illustrated did a fantastic job on this book. Click the link in the description. Save 30%. It's only a limited time we get this deal. So shout out Sports Illustrated. San Francisco 49ers at 75. Click the link in the bio. Save 30%. Buy it now. Thank you, Sports Illustrated, for supporting the channel. And next, we have to shout out our guys over at Acre Gold, you can now buy gold for as little as $50 a month. You no longer have to fork out hundreds of dollars to buy gold with inflation on the rise and the dollar going down day by day. Put your money in something that holds its value like gold. If Matt were here, he would call it our gold stamp because it is a little small, but it's two and a half grams. Get your gold bars now, Faithful. Click the link in the description. Start buying gold for as little as 50 bucks a month. And last but not least, you know the deal. We got a shout out 49ers legend Terrell Owens, 81vino.com. Code Hive will get you 10% off and free shipping on two or more bottles. The 49ers legend has made his name in football and is now venturing into the wine business, 81vino.com. Promo code Hive. Get 10% off your entire order and free shipping on two or more bottles. Thank you to all of our sponsors. Go support them because they support us. Let's get on with the show and get into these viewer questions. All right, we have one for Melissa from Melissa here. Excuse me. Who are the undrafted free agents and the DB room you want to see make the 53 man roster or the practice
2: squad? Be honest with you. Love to see. I have a love that Quantras Night able was able to make it. Um, I was going to say Sam Womack, but at this point, he's most likely our starting uh, nickelback. So he is definitely there. Uh, as as far as that's concerned, um, let's see, because I'm trying to I'm trying to see that right now as far as who else is there from the DB room. Um, I know I'm not really big on Tariq Castro fields. You know, he, he he's good, but I, I haven't heard or seen anything from him that makes me feel like he's going to make it. Also, I would love had love to have the Amador Lenore you know, continue to be on the rise. Um, our cornerback depth is actually pretty good. So I say out of those guys, honestly, it's just Quantrez Knight and, and Sam Womack. Um, you know, the other guys may or may not make it. We probably keep about five defensive backs, maybe six, if that, unless somebody just shows themselves to be ridiculous. But, as it is on the offensive line and on the, on the, uh, on a defensive side of the ball, we like versatile players. So if we wind up going with a three, you know, a, a, you know, a two safety look and we want to go ahead and throw Hufunga down there into the box, we can do that. You know, um, there are certain guys that actually wind up playing specific, uh, you know, different positions. I heard Quantra Knight night was playing some safety uh, in there. So it winds up going that way. But I honestly think it's just those are the two Womack and uh Womack and contrast night. What do you think, Zach?
1: Yeah. So I pulled up the unofficial depth chart and, and guys, this is like two weeks old. So there have yeah. been some changes here. I don't know what's easier to see. They're both kind of small, um, but I agree with you. I don't know if conscious run Knight will make it, but yeah. I would like to see him make it. Um Kadar Holman. Has also been, if I remember correctly, he was an undrafted free agent. Um, he yeah. has also played pretty well and from all reports, played well in camp and in practices mm-hmm. as well. I would like to see him make it, but I agree with you. It's an uphill battle. The 49ers are very top-heavy at the cornerback position. So outside of Charvarius Ward, Emmanuel Mosley, and Jason Varrett, mm-hmm. it's tough. Um, you got Jamador Lenore, you got Womack coming onto the scene. You got Ambry Thomas. Exactly, who apparently has a knee injury and didn't play today. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's going to be tough. But, hey, the more DBs you can keep, the better. Because these guys, unfortunately, go down, and suddenly your quarterback three becomes your quarterback two, and your quarterback two becomes your quarterback one. So the more talent you can keep in your secondary, I'm all for it. Um before we move on, I want to shout out Bay Area Sports Podcasting Network. If you guys are more into audio only and don't like really watching the shows, we do our best to make this show listenable As if you're not into watching it. Check out BSPN. Our audio feed is published over on their network. Every single podcast we have will be over on their network if you're checking out audio only. And they have a bunch of good Bay Area podcast shows So go check out BSPN. Shout out to them for supporting the show as well. Um, All right. We got another question here from Melissa and I'm glad she touched on this because we didn't really hear much about Spencer Burford as much as we did last week when the dude was pancaking dudes left and right. Melissa asked Dion and Zach thoughts on Samuel Womack and Spencer Burford. I really
2: love these rookies and want them as starters. Dion, what do you think of these two? Uh, First off, uh, Samuel Womack, man those two interceptions were some of the best interceptions I've seen on, on this team in a very long time. And the reason being is they were both contested interceptions. He snatches the ball out on the first interception, going to the ground and the other interception, he just reads the route, jumps it perfectly and winds up going back. The beauty of it is with Sam Womack is he showed that he knows how to read the plays also, that he's feisty, he's a scrappy guy, he's not going down easily, and he's not going to let you just get a catch and that's it. You're not catching the ball and, and just it, it's simple. I'm going to make sure that you wind up not securing that or I'm definitely taking you down. Um, so I love what he did, and I think that that's the reason why Dark horse and Nard is gone. Those two interceptions show D'Amico Ryan's everything he needed to see so that's most likely why Womack is still there and Denard is now gone. Um, Spencer Burford, uh, I like what I saw from him last week. He didn't play a lot this game. Um, I think they wanted to take a look at the other uh, offensive linemen that they have. He played a little bit, but I like Spencer Burford. I honestly think he solidified that right guard spot uh, with Daniel Brusco being injured. Honestly, the starting offensive line, to me, looks to be – Uh, Trent Williams, Aaron Banks, Jake Brindle, Spencer Burford, and Mike McGlinchey, uh, provided McGlinchey's fully healthy uh, when the season starts. I do believe he will be. They probably won't play him the rest of the preseason just to allow him to continue to just properly heal. Um, They said it was a knee issue. That's why he didn't play. Um, And that's probably just a little residual pain coming from that, you know, surgically repaired hamstring that tore. So it's not uncommon. I think that McGlinchey will be fine. We all know he's an elite run blocker, and he's a okay pass blocker. But I like both of those guys, um, and I think that both of them are definitely uh, bona fide starters.
1: Yeah, it, it really is tough um, because we were worried about the offensive line all offseason, right? We're like, who the hell is going to come in? The 49ers didn't address this. Maybe they really like Jalen Moore and Aaron Banks that they drafted last year but we don't know. And then Spencer Burford comes out and he was doing well in camp from the reports and just absolutely lights it up. week one of the preseason, like you said, he didn't play too much today, but I think the 49ers have seen enough. And I'm really excited. I, I he was in the article as well for five 49ers to watch today that I wrote. And I wrote in there kind of half jokingly, the 49ers must've seen something in him to give him number 74, because that's a Royal number among 49 ers fans. So they're giving them Joe Staley's number. Clearly they saw something.
2: So. I'm pretty sure they probably cleared that with Joe as well. You know, they got a lot of respect for Joe in this building. Um, and, and the beauty of the, the, this regime is one thing they can do is they can keep it secret. They can keep it quiet as egg, man. Because if you watch what Shanahan said on I Am Athlete about wavering between Mac Jones and Trey Lance, you know, he, he likened it to uh, buying homes. You know, he said, if I buy a home, you know, me and my wife are out looking at houses, I'll go through and tell her everything I hate about the house. But then at the end, I'll look and go, okay, well, is this fixable? Are these things that I can actually correct? You know, is it something simple or or, or is it just me taking a look at it and just, you know, kind of being petty? And he said, basically, he looked at Mac Jones and was like, eh, all right. And then he looked at Trey Lance like, it's too much upside. There's way too, you know, I got to know the kid. I know his, his mindset you know, I mean, for a, for a high school kid to be watching NFL film, that's insane. That tells me that this kid's IQ is off the charts. So all he needs is the reps and he's just going to become a monster. But um, I, I do have to say that 74, yes, it is a hollow number, man. But you just got to look at it and say Spencer Burford's that guy. Yep. I'm 100% sure Joe Staley is around the team. I mean, heck, he reports on the team right after right after the games. He's been working with, uh, I believe was the CBS. Um, I know he was with NBC Bay Area. But NBC he's not, Bay Area, yeah. Not NBC. this
1: year anymore, unfortunately. But, he only did that last year.
2: Hey, man, he's around the team. He's and so I close. Yeah, he's close. And he's telling you, hey, you know, I like this guy. And I'm 100% sure if they're saying, what do you think about this guy, Joe? Joe's not going, hey, man, I don't play football no more. Stop asking me questions. Joe's looking and going, these are the things that I see. These are the things he could probably clean up. Yeah. And you take that advice from a guy who did it for the time that he did it, along with the fact that when Joe Staley went to Central Michigan, he was a tight end. So yeah. that's basically what it is.
1: Um, we got another question here from Hung Fat. Who would you trade out of Greenlaw and Al Shire? Um, I wouldn't trade either of them, but I assume he means if you had to pick one.
2: Sorry, baby.
1: I'm going with Greenlaw. I think that a lot of people think that Greenlaw may be better than than Al just because he may be a little more experienced. But I love Al Shair. I love the way he plays. I love the intensity he brings. There was a a stint last year, probably four to five weeks where he honestly was the best player on the field for the 49ers, at least on defense. And that's saying a lot because he's full full of defense, defense full of stars, excuse me. And Alshair is playing as good as anybody. Uh, Dion, what do you think? Who, if you had to trade one out of Greenlaw or Aziz Alshair, who would you trade?
2: Honestly, I'd trade Greenlaw. Number one, I honestly think I can get a little more for him. Uh, and then number two, I just, I like Aziz, man. That dude just brings the thunder every time. He's a sideline, a sideline linebacker, not to say that Greenlaw isn't, um, but there's just something that he does when he's on the field, he's electric. And I I, I do feel like he's better alongside Fred than Dre would be. And honestly, as long as he can stay healthy, game's over for anybody coming into him, man. It's gonna be fantastic. But, no, yeah, we, this was just a question that was brought up, Steve. We, we're we just answering it. It's not that we're saying to trade either or. Because, I mean, to be honest with you, that's the best linebacking core in the league. Dre, Fred, and Aziz. Like, it, it's definitely going to be, you know, it's definitely going to be a formidable force. Our front seven is disgusting. And I I feel for anybody that has to go over the middle or even has to try to be able to defend that defensive line, you know, it's it's gonna be a heck of a task just trying to stop us because we're gonna be in defense in offensive backfields a lot this season.
1: Well said, bro. Well said. All right. With that, we're gonna wrap things up. It's late on a Saturday night right. here. Dion, let the folks know where to find you. I'm sure they're already subscribed. I'm sure they're already watching Nine Game Podcast. But if not, let them know where to find you.
2: Nine Game oh. Podcast on YouTube. <laughs> Nine Game Podcast on YouTube. Um, you can check me out on all the major uh, platforms, your Spotify's, your apples, all that good stuff. We uh, you know, I have a, I have a service that actually puts out all of my content to those podcasts. Um, you can find me at 49ers under 49er uh, underscore Dion on uh, Instagram. And you can find me at Swift D on Twitter. Um, definitely check me out. I continue to bring down our content. Um, shout out to Zach and the high for embracing me, man. Like, I did one show with these guys and, you know, it was just, it was an instant connection and I just appreciate them for all the love that they've shown me um, and bringing me into there. You see this right here. That's from my boy right here that I'm, that I'm doing the show with. And I, I make sure I keep that up. And I kid you not, the minute I put that up, everybody loved it. It was like an instantaneous thing. It was like automatically uh, that. And it, <laughs> damn it, Joey, <laughs> he, he's over here, man. You know, and it's, uh, it, it, the, the the last thing I'll say before we end this show, man, the Hive is one of the best places for you to be if you love football and you're a 49er fan, man. Like, we, we have a really good connection between all of us. Everybody there understands each other, and we all work together to try to continue to make that as bet, the, the better thing. But, definitely, if you haven't already and you're in here, hit the like and subscribe button for the 49ers Hive for the Red and Gold Standard Podcast because Zach and Matt bring you fantastic shows week in and week out. They do not stop. Zach is the most swagged out dude you've ever seen in the suit. If you don't believe me, just pay close attention. Every now and then he'll throw up a picture or something and he'll show you how he he does his thing. Um, And Matt brings you that raw, pure, unadulterated, you know, opinion that you have to love. Like, you just got to like it. Whether you agree with it or not, it just makes it, it just makes it so so uh, it, it just makes you want to tune in because he's going to tell you the things that are the truth. You don't get that from a lot of podcasts. You see some people just conforming. Oh well, you know we don't want to say anything negative and we want to keep everything positive. No, if somebody goes out there and lays an egg, you'll know about it.
1: That's right. That's right. And that's why Matt Rants are a thing. Dion, my guy, I appreciate it. Yes, they (laughs) are. Uh, I appreciate everything you just said. I appreciate the love. You've been a fantastic addition to the team. Couldn't be happier. This year, guys, we have so much planned for you. Hit like and subscribe on 49ers Hive, on Niner Game Podcast, on Forever Faithful Podcast, our third podcast, like Melissa said. We got content coming out of every avenue. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Our guy, Joey almost has a set 20k on tiktok so fall 49ers have on tiktok as well um we're on every platform you can imagine so if if there's a platform we're probably on it thank you everybody for tuning in with that said we're going to wrap things up we will see you later in the week to preview the 49ers last preseason game of the year and then we're finally into some real football thank you everybody very much for tuning in have a fantastic night we will see you soon.